podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharies and the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's cracking? Not much, JJ. Uh, I see you. You have one lovely for every Robert Tanyan touchdown. Uh, it's very, very true. On this Monday is, night. This is yeah. factual. So this, this, we we need this to be said that. Yeah. We did not talk about Tanyan on the initial show earlier this week, but the lovely patrons saw that Tanyan was on the streaming list later in the week, uh, and I also talked about him on the late round podcast. So, so Tanyan uh, was one of our streamers this past week, and my goodness, Robert Tanyan delivered. Just went off ninety eight yards, six catches. Uh, of course, three touchdowns. But I mean, even without the touchdowns, it would have been a really great performance for PPR purposes. I I, I have to say, it's a it's a, uh, a bitter thing, bittersweet thing for me, because obviously I, we, I like, you know, updating the patrons with a, a streaming play who delivers, especially a tight end, especially on an island game, which is always cool. Uh, but here's the thing, JJ. Uh, I was done in by Robert Tanyan in the LTS Listener League. Ooh. Uh, I, had a, I had a pretty, pretty good shot. I had, you know, Matt Ryan going. I had uh, Julio going. had Hayden Hurst going. Uh, felt like my chances are pretty good coming into the night against only Robert Tanyan and uh, our buddy Greg Bryant smoked me. Man, Tanyan I bomb. Yeah, that that listener league has uh, been destroying me because I had like Chris Scott. I had so many guys hurt this week. Uh, not not fun. Not great. I think we're both one in three right now. Yes, we are, and and I'm I'm struggling mightily. I'm I'm really bitter about my Falcons triple stack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> going. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. It's definitely rough. Um, so the other, want to hear something else that's kind of interesting about Robert Tanyan? So you. one of my best friends, uh, we had a bet last year. He might be listening to the show. Uh, we had a bet last year about Mo Ali Cox because I'm a truther. I'm a yeah. Mo Ali Cox truther, and I bet him. I think the over under touchdowns or something was like two and a half. Uh, that that I took for Mo Ali Cox and. For every, t- or maybe it was like two or three touchdowns. I can't remember how the bet was laid out. But basically, any any touchdown that he had under that was a mm-hmm. was a uh, a beer uh, for the other person. So mm-hmm. if, if if Mo Ali Cox went over a particular number, whatever he went over, uh, I would get the beer. Mm-hmm. But under, I would give my friend the beer. Right. So I lost it. I lost that bet because he didn't play. Um, but this year, it got reversed, and my friend now has Mo Ali Cox. And it's a touchdown bet straight up. Oh, no. I get Robert Tanyan and he gets Mo Ali Cox. And we started it at the beginning of the season. And both of those guys are pacing for like 45 touchdowns right now. Wow. wow. How wild How wild is that? So every uh, game, and, and the best part is he, he's a Packers fan too. So he bet against Tanyan. So it's a win-win for him yeah. because when Tanyan does well, then obviously the Packers are doing well. But it's unbelievable that those were the two guys that we – pointed out and talked about that, that we would have the bet for because 
I mean, cl- I mean, they're they're crushing right now. Right, and and honestly, if you would have told me this in August, I would have asked you to edit that out of the show because it sounds like <laughs> the most boring bet of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's become amazing. So, like, literally every touchdown that one of them scores, which has been frequent so far yeah. this year, the one of us is texting the other one, just you know, saying like MAC in all caps, or the you know, I'm just saying Tanyan in all caps. Right. And last night I got to say Tanyan three times in all caps. How do we feel? Most importantly, how do we feel about the nickname Baby Kittle for time? Yeah, I, I've seen that. I think, is it Paulson? Who is it John Paulson I, who started that movement? I that believe movement? so. Yes, yes. Yeah. Look, I can't I can't hate on any baby nicknames. <laughs> you can't hate I, babies. I, I, you, number, yeah, number one, you can't. That's what I'm saying. All these Detroit people who hate on the Babytron nickname, why do they hate children so much? Why do they hate babies? Right. I thought this is America. We're supposed to love children. Come on. Did you see earlier last week uh, someone from Detroit, uh, a beat writer there? Yes. Uh, she tweeted about how Babytron is not a thing, not a nickname, whatever. I, I want people to know that I I'm, I love the nickname Babytron not because uh, I think it's a good nickname. It, it's it's all, honestly the opposite. I, I love the nickname Babytron because I what this is one of my my biggest and one of the only W's that I'll just like openly brag about and take in fantasy football. Okay, mm-hmm. a week after the draft, I tweeted, uh, by week five when Kenny Galladay has the nickname Babytron, remember this tweet. Right. So I went out and I was bold, and you know how I am with that kind of stuff. I don't like to be like overly bold and ridiculous oh, yeah. on Twitter, and so I was bold about it, and then. Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay is a top 10 wide receiver easily in, in football right now. Absolutely, and, yeah. And so the nickname Babytron to me, I, it could be anything. It could be whatever you want to call him. The fact that that happens so early, and then if you go to the pro football reference page, it's on there uh, in parentheses next to his name saying Babytron. Uh, and it, it, it took off in like the, the most hilarious way. Uh, and, and what I love about it is that it, it just annoys the hell out of people in Detroit. It it puts them on mega tilt. That yeah, game. yeah, they're on the death tilt spiral. So uh, it's a, it's this, time to hear that. So it's this combination of like I don't care about the nickname, but I love that I was there but, first. That I right. I got I got there first before these people in Detroit really realized what they had in Kenny Galladay, and right. that's and, and the fact that it makes them tilt because it's almost like a double tilt because right. they didn't well, they didn't do it before that, and that's what makes it such a win for me, and I love it. Yeah, oh, it is, and uh, I mean he popped in your model. You know what? What, what can you say? JJ's model uh, was 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 popping for Kenny Galladay. I mean, I miss miss plenty. Remember earlier the season when I thought that Irv Smith was going to be a good thing? I mean, he would be if they would use him. You know, do you, do you know how many, this is on my ten trends episode that's dropping tomorrow for the late round podcast? Do you know how many tight end receptions Minnesota has through four games? Uh, what, four. what would you What would you guess? Like a reasonable guess, four games. Okay. How many tight end receptions do you think they have? Uh, I mean, I was going to go with. I'll say five. They have eight. They have okay. eight eight tight end receptions so far. There's one team that has fewer. New England. New England has three. Yeah, yeah. They actually don't have tight ends. They have Izzo, I think, that, who runs like yeah, ten they, routes they, a game. Yeah, and, that's and then it. they have yeah they have the rookies who haven't who haven't been able to find the field. The the uh, it's just it's just wild to me. And then you Minnesota itself, they've thrown the ball a hundred times this year, total, oh, and d- in Dallas has thrown the ball two hundred and three times. Oh my. <laughs> it's it's absolutely it's it's wild how un- obnoxious this Minnesota offense is. I, I hate it. I hate that team. I hate the offense. Mike, I can't stand Mike Zimmer and his philosophy. I mean, what is is it going to take 
to open up this offense. I, I feel like uh, Justin Jefferson could be like a top fantasy wide receiver if they would just throw the ball a little more. He, but he's no. amazing. But yeah. no. Yeah. He, he's amazing. Another guy that popped in my model, Justin Jefferson. He, he's he's amazing, though. Uh, yeah, I will say, though, that's a good uh, segue into the streaming picks because this might be a week, Denny, that Kirk Cousins is a little bit unleashed, mm, Okay, which would be awesome. But let's look at what happened last week. I'd say last week was our best streaming week of the season overall. Uh, well, yeah, and and we got the premature tilt, which affects, yes. which, of course, affects men over 30. Mostly, uh, and and uh, the pre the premature nature of the tilt was was um, amazing because Fitz Fitzpatrick didn't have I don't know what did he have ten points at halftime he, he had he had ten points maybe in yeah. the fourth quarter it, in the it's okay into the and people were uh, throwing throwing their hands up it's over it's over and I'm thinking can we just can we just relax? Can we see what happens in the fourth quarter before right. we declare this a, a debacle? Of all, of, all, of all quarterbacks, too, to tilt over, you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick does. Right. I mean, he can't, you know, he's he's throw, still throwing it downfield. He's rushing. Just give, just give it a minute. Just give it a minute. Anyway, he ended up with how many? Uh, he ended up with, putting me on the spot like that then, 21.3 fantasy points because okay. he got that rushing touchdown at the end. He had like 40-some rushing yards. In that. I mean, it was a classic Ryan Fitzpatrick game where everyone's freaking out. You know, you, we had people in our, multiple people in our mentions in the fourth quarter, you know, pe- people saying, oh, I should have known better. This is what happens when you have a chalky streamer and a chalky quarterback that everyone agrees on. And then he comes through with a 21-point performance as the top streamer last week, and we will take that all day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the rush, you know, the rushing touchdown obviously is the, is the 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 key, and we can't rely on that week to week. But we got it in a in a pretty good game environment. Yeah, and look, the people who will say uh, that the process was wrong because Fitzpatrick didn't do anything through the no. air, he still he still hit a lot of yards through the air. But I will say the rushing touchdown that could easily and that was at the end of the game. They were on like the ten. Uh, that could easily be converted to a passing touchdown. That's like, right. Like, if, if he doesn't convert there, how do you know the next play is on a passing touchdown? And can I tell you how much I hate Chan Gailey's offense? I, I just, I just can't. For for fantasy purposes, I hate it so much. I, who, who was the offensive coordinator for Miami last year? Do you know the name off the top of your head? I'm blanking right okay, now. Okay, all right. And whoever he was, he had that thing rolling by the end of last year. That offense was crushing defenses, and they axed him. For Chan Gailey, for, for a dinosaur. I don't understand that. They should have stuck with that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, also, uh, quarterback streamers last week was Kirk Cousins. He had 15 points. That's fine enough. Baker Mayfield, 15.2. Fine enough. Baker, the, the process for Baker was perfect. They scored 49 points, and he ends up with 15 fantasy points. Unbelievable. Yeah. The, the the process for Baker Mayfield was perfect uh, last week. Uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater, also a streamer for us, 26.2 fantasy points. We might be talking about Teddy a little bit later today. Hmm. Uh, defense, we talked about that Thursday night game uh, being a, a defensive streaming uh, matchup and sort of the, the battle there. And you had Denver against the, the New York Jets. And that was looking pretty rough for the Jets for a while. And then they got that pick six. Uh, and and uh, we saw Rippon just become you know a third-string quarterback halfway through that game. Uh, so the Jets actually finished with eight fantasy points. And that doesn't sound great, but they were a top-five defense this past week. Like, the, the yeah. way that defenses work right now, guys, it's actually, you could argue, it's an unbelievable uh, streaming defense season because there's so many points being scored. 
And so, so the, the, it right. doesn't matter if your right. defense doesn't do very well. It's not that big of a deal. I, I personally, I can't stop thinking about the kicker performances on that Thursday night Jets Broncos game. Oh man, game. yeah. Oh my dear God, the, uh, people kept uh, asking me, uh, why didn't you mention these guys? And I just said the process. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the over under in that game was like was like seventeen. <laughs> yeah, it didn't fit. Honestly, I mean, in in you know, earnestly, I will say. It, neither of those guys fit the process very well, and uh, but they they did light it up. It was it was nice to see on an island game. Yeah, uh, you also had the Denver Broncos with six fantasy points. The Cardinals did not come through against Arizona, or against uh, Carolina with one fantasy point. So that I mean that played into Teddy doing well. Uh, you had Jordan Akins at tight end seven point six. Uh, you had Tyler Eifert in a revenge game as a deep play four point two. Uh, Dalton Schultz is basically a top six tight end from here on out. He had 17.2 fantasy points. Uh, Drew Sample had 7.7. Logan Thomas is now dead to me. He had 1.8. No. Uh, you had Adam Troutman as also a, a late addition that we didn't talk about on the show. Uh, but Adam Troutman did nothing. No, he did, did absolutely nothing. nothing. Uh, and by the way, Logan Thomas had seven targets every week. Everything looks good except for the catches and the yards. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the stuff that matters is <laughs> yes. what he, he's like. He's like the the inverse uh, Robert Tanyan right now. Yes, right. I mean, if you're in a point per, per target league, he's dominating. Yeah, actually, he's the inverse Mo Ali Cox. If we're being honest. True. True. Uh, and then there's Robert Tanyan who scored thirty three point eight fantasy points on Monday night. It's wild, man. You love to see it. So pretty good week overall. I'm glad that our quarterbacks got back on track. Uh, I feel like that's going to we're, we're we're looking good at quarterback from here on out. Now that we have some more data, we have a better feel for how these games are going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's pretty wild too, Denny, how high the over unders are now. Yes. In all these games. I mean, like like uh, we'll talk about Justin Herbert in a second. Spoiler alert. Uh, but they're playing the Saints this week. Right. And mm-hmm. they have a on FanDuel Sportsbook. They have a 51 point over under, you know, three years ago, we'd be taking our pants off and <laughs> and, 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 and and doing the helicopter over our heads. Uh-huh. For a, yeah. for a game with a 51 point oh, yeah. over under. And now we're just, eh, that's fine. Right, right. It's like the fifth uh, highest over under of the week. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, like, it just doesn't even matter. It, it, incredible. I mean, every week I look and I'm like, I'm like, oh, wait, 54 point over under. That has to be the high. Nope. That's fourth highest. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. You have the, you have the, the Seahawks and Vikings with like a 90 point over under this week, but we'll get into that. Denny, yeah. let's start. Okay. I'll start, I'll start with the defense this week because uh, we have three that we're going to talk about. One of them, uh, is is rostered in a in like forty percent, maybe even more, maybe fifty percent of the league. So it doesn't really count that much uh, for for a lot of us. But Arizona uh, is is facing the Jets this week, and all my notes say, Denny, this mm-hmm. is it. This is all people need to know. All it says is Joe Flacco might start. Hell yes. That's that's all we need to know. That's it. That's it. So Denny, why don't you give your <laughs> defensive streamer the more the more traditional streamer this week? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean. I, I must have drawn the short straw, you know, in, in in some way because I not only got the Cowboys defense, I also got Daniel Jones for today. So yeah, yeah, that's fun. So this is um, get on. It's gonna be rough. Uh, yeah. So Cowboys defense, I, you know, historically bad, but nevertheless, we're streaming them this week. Only the Texans and Bengals have allowed more sacks this year than the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones has been under pressure forty point six percent. Uh, of the time on his dropbacks. That's the fourth highest mark among starting quarterbacks this this season. Uh, Dallas's sack rate is 5.4%, kind of middle of the road. Uh, so I think we, you can continue to expect pressure on, on, on Jones, which we're looking for. 
And uh, the Giants have turned it over eight times. That's tied for the second most through four weeks. I, I, you know, I think this game could be kind of high scoring with some craziness. And I think that's kind of your, your, your best hope uh, here is that, uh, you know, the Cowboys maybe recover a fumble or two, uh, get some sacks, uh, maybe a pick for a touchdown. I don't know. Something nuts. But a highly volatile Cowboys defense is, is in play. Yes. And by the way, while you were talking, Denny, I had the light bulb moment. Chad O'Shea was the Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator last year. There there it is. Yes. Somebody hire that guy. That guy was great for yeah, fantasy. I think, I think he's I think he's with I think he's with Cleveland right now. I think I, I could be completely wrong. Fact checkers hit my mentions. I don't care. I, I we get things wrong all the time on this show. Maybe I should just look it up right now. I just I'm bitter. I'm bitter because Chan Gailey's stuff is so old. You could just see it. It's just, it's just stale. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think he is he is with Cleveland right now. He is the uh passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, th- oh and and that's why they that's why OBJ is dominating. Okay. Okay. Yeah, were, yeah, he's a, he, yeah, wow, Shadow Shade Truther over here. <laughs> I am. Who who knew? Who knew? Uh another volatile defense though this week. Do you say volatile or volatile? Uh how do I say it? Volatile. Okay, because there are times on the late round podcast where I say volatile, and then I had a conversation with my smart friends, uh, who who are, are you know they would they would know the answer to the grammar related stuff like this right. and the pronunciation stuff, and they they said it can go either way that you can say volatile or volatile, um, mm-hmm. but but I say it both ways because I'm I'm an idiot. Right. Well, I mean, if you want to say volatile, you just want to sound like a douche. You know? Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it comes down to. It depends on the kind of mood that I'm in that day. Anyway, all right, so I, I have the Houston Texans defense. So, number one, the Texans defense sucks. The secondary is terrible. Uh, they've been below average in pressure rate this year. Um, but what this really is, is you look at the landscape of defenses. This is why Denny talked about Dallas a second ago. Um, I love how I say your name, Denny, as if, like, I'm not talking to yeah. you, but I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> uh, but uh, Houston's – the, 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 the landscape uh, with defenses right now is horrific. I mean, the – the, the percent rostered uh, is really flat, as we typically see. There's not a lot of obvious streamers or easy streamers to go to. So if you guys have questions about particular streamers, feel free to ask them uh, because these are the defenses that are rostered in like less than 20% of leagues. But with Houston, you know, they've been bad. They don't they have a below average pressure rate. It's not a good pressure rate. It's not horrific, um, but they are pretty big favorites process. Uh, Minshew has now thrown a pick in three straight games. Uh, and the Jags have also allowed the eighth highest sack rate in the league. So the matchups, at least there, you know, the over under is fairly high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, again, we're going, we're we're hoping for a negative game script. And then you get the narrative. There's a coaching change. Houston needs this win. You know, how awesome is it that Houston's zero and four and they don't have a first and second round pick next year? Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez, what a disaster. I didn't it's, know that. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like you played Madden and you were just you were just selling off future future picks for for players that you know and that you right. want to, you know, play with. Uh but then you accidentally simulated the first four games and you lost all of them. Right, right. I, I I'm going to pretend I know what you're talking about. Um Pe- people will know. People will get it. Yeah, I, the Texans they they fit the process and if we've learned anything this week is that we cannot fear the process. Okay, we cannot fear fear the process. We cannot let the process dominate our lives. All right, on to <laughs> are we on the tight ends here? No, we're going. We go quarterback next. Quarterback. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've never done this show before. 
Here, I'll, I'll, I'll go quarterback first because I have three and you have two. We have okay. five quarterbacks this week, guys. Okay. So we already talked about Justin Herbert. I might as well talk about him. Uh, he's balling out right now. He has 22-plus fantasy points in two of the last three games. He's top five in yards per attempt uh, right now. I, I honestly, it, it, there's a, a very good chance, not not very good, but at least a chance and a good chance that Justin Herbert is just better than Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. I can see like, that. Like he, he might end up being the best quarterback in this draft class well, the way that he's playing right now. Well, listen, my film take is that Herbert's arm is way stronger than Joe Burrow's oh. arm. Herbert's arm is fun. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's very very good. Joe Burrow um, is a little Alex Smith ish with with the arm strength. Yeah, they're they're both they both should be very good though. Uh, but there there is some concern that Austin Eckler is not there, so you don't have that receiving threat out of the backfield. Um, but there's a 51 point over under in this game against the Saints. New Orleans been below average and adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, and the thing is, I don't mind that the Chargers are underdogs in this game because they won't be forced to be so freaking conservative. Yes, God, they're so concerned. Anthony Lynn is so afraid of losing. Uh, it's sad. I it is. It. It's it's really annoying. It's really. And I don't know. Did you watch Hard Knocks this year? A little, not much. So I watched Hard Knocks. It's it's a good elliptical show because mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of gets you going a little bit. You know, you're watching sure. these guys and you're like, wow, these guys are in crazy good shape. Maybe I should be in at least <laughs> a little bit better shape. Uh, so I'll be I'll be on the elliptical watching and I'll I'll it's it's a good elliptical show. There's there's some shows that are not good elliptical shows. I'll say this: I watched all of Game of Thrones until the final season on the elliptical. That's not a great elliptical show. No, no. It sounds ta- Why would you do that to yourself? Uh, because I needed to catch up to be part of the experience, Denny. Yeah, I mean, but you got to you gotta pay attention. It's not a good elliptical show. I'm watching The Americans right now. Did you ever watch The Americans? I, I Yeah, I did. I, I, I love the concept. I gave up on it after a couple seasons. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of there right now, and then some of my friends are like, "No, this is one of the best franchises and in, in, in shows that I've ever watched." And I'm like, "Okay, so I've just finished season one; it was fine." But that's another show that's not a good elliptical show because yeah. because the no. Russian and like the names and stuff, it's very hard to follow yeah. when you're drenched in sweat. That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, for me, that show, I don't know. It just it felt like. Um, it it wanted you to be shocked by all the yeah. the, the raunchy sex in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So because you know every third scene is like a shocking sex scene. You're it's like, true. What, the, it's what am true. I watching? What this is? I thought you know my kids are walking around, you know, and that's not my case, but I I can imagine that happens to people. And I was like, you know, enough. Like, en- we get it. We you're edgy. You you're an edgy show. We get it. Can we get more into the plot rather than this? Man, uh, the Americans' Twitter is going to come after us after this. I know. They have. They have. They came after me a couple years ago when I was like, eh. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Justin Herbert's a streaming play. And don't don't watch those shows on the elliptical. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That went, went off course. Uh, oh, actually, no. I was actually going to talk about Hard Knocks. God dang it. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. With Anthony Lynn. Yeah, with right. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn came across as such a nice guy and like an awesome leader. And like, I would love to play for Anthony Lynn. But man, I do not think he's a good coach. Like, I, I would, I think he's a great human being yeah. slash motivator. And like, I, like, I think he's it. But my gosh, the, some of the stuff that he says, yeah, uh, in, in, in post game pressers, I, I, I think that that what we talked about with Tyrod Taylor a couple weeks ago is coming to fruition from the standpoint of like they feel like they have to feel guilt right now. They have to because they 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 ruined this guy's season. 
Yeah, and and Justin Herbert, you can't bench Justin Herbert at this point. I, but Anthony Lynn will. You understand that, right? He's <laughs> yeah, going to so do it. If if that happens, if that happens, any number, what what per, what percent chance would you say that happens? If if Tyrod is if Tyrod Taylor is back like hundred percent at some point this season, I'm saying there's a one hundred percent chance <laughs> he starts because Anthony Lynn sees Herbert as nothing but a backup. Who, do, who should not be on the field. That's He's made that clear. You know, he said, I thought he made some good throws, some bad throws. What are you talking about, man? This this kid's been in the NFL for 15 minutes. He's making unbelievable throws every week. Wow. You're the only one who can't see it. I'm, I'm putting it, I'm putting it one and a half percent. I know. I know. See, I would say that for most coaches, but Anthony Lynn is, is committed to Herbert not playing for the Chargers. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. All right, Denny, talk about a streamer. Oh, God. Daniel Jones, for the love of Jesus. Uh, you know, going against Dallas, historically bad, bad defense, defense overall. I mean, has there any been – I said this the other day on, on Twitter. Has there ever been a more fun fantasy team than the Cowboys? Overall? No. No, uh, I think someone asked us this question yeah. for our questions too, so we'll talk oh, about it then. Okay, okay, yeah, we'll talk. Okay, we'll get to that. Anyway, uh, Giants are a nine and a half point underdog with an implied total of twenty two point two five. It's not hateful. Uh, you know, Jones still has that rushing upside that we've talked about before. Even if he stinks it up through the air, only six quarterbacks have scrambled more than Jones this season, and only uh, Kyler, Cam, and Lamar. I know all of them on a first name basis, by the way. Uh, have more rushing yards than Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones has uh, 18 rushing attempts overall on the season. Uh, only the Browns and Falcons have allowed more passing touchdowns th- through four weeks. Uh, somehow, Daniel Jones is rostered in one-third of Yahoo leagues. I, I don't know how. Uh, I, who Who is doing that? But, uh, you know, somebody is out there in, in 66%. But let, let's say this: If this were not a, this is a really good streaming quarterback week, in my opinion. If if this were not such a good week, I think Daniel Jones would be a typical streamer for us. Really, I sure, do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I I don't know if if the Giants are capable of scoring touchdowns anymore, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. it, it's going to be put to the test this week because it do, it literally doesn't get any. Yeah. Uh, so the next one that I want to talk to, talk, talk to, I'm going to talk to this guy, uh, is Teddy Bridgewater, who I think, I think Medi, he's not Medi anymore. No, no, not Medi. Uh, I think Teddy is the top streamer this week. Would you agree? Yes, I would. Yes. Uh, so he's, I think that you can go in, in different, in a couple different directions, but I, I love Teddy this week. Uh, he showed off some of his rushing ability this past week. That was good to see. Uh, Atlanta secondary still sucks. Uh, they allowed a QB one performance to Russ QB one to Dak QB three to Aaron Rodgers, And then against the bears, they allowed 28 fantasy points mm. combined. Cause that was the game that Trubisky got benched. Right. Uh, they, they are the worst team and adjusted fantasy points allowed right now. Um, there's a 54 and a half point over under the spread in this game is only two and a half points. So both teams have high implied team totals. Uh, I, I love Teddy. That's it. I love Teddy this week. He showed off his rushing chops last week against. He Eric did. Rump. He did did a lot with his legs, if you will. <laughs> All right, people people love that phrase. All right, I have uh, Gardner Minshew against Houston. Uh, game has a fifty four over point over under. 
Uh, Jaguars are six and a half point underdogs against a Houston defense that's given up seven touchdowns uh, to quarterbacks and hasn't recorded an interception, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, Houston has two suspect corners. I, I, I dug into the, the cornerback data for this one, JJ. Um, Bradley Roby has yeah. given up g- given up 13 catches, 212 yards, and two touchdowns on just 18 targets. And it's, by the way, I'm fairly certain he is shadowing top receivers. Like yeah, he, he's he's right. been he's been one of the few, if only shadow corners this year. Which means it could be DJ Chark. Which means that just just take that for what it's. That's right. No, no, you're, yes, that's that's a good point. And then uh, on the other side, you have Vernon Hargreaves, the 15th, uh, who has allowed terrible f- 14 14 catches for 181 yards and uh, and a score. On 22 targets, I, I, I hope that that made sense. 14 catches on 22 targets. Let's just say that, okay? Um, so I like this as a back and forth kind of game. Uh, I, I will say that you know the kids are out here saying Houston is a run funnel defense where right teams are beating them up via the run. So I, I don't I don't know if that takes much away from from Minshew. Uh, because I, I don't know if the, you know the Jags are probably not going to be in the position to run, 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 right? I mean, they're going to have yeah. to pass it. Um, they are, you know, Texans are getting clobbered on the ground. Uh, Minshew is out there in fifty-five percent at least. And listen, we don't usually like get close to that fifty percent range, but if he's out there, you know, he probably makes a, a, a better streaming play than anybody except for for Teddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're mentioning him because you know there's going to be a lot of people that hit us up and say, "Hey, hey, what about Gardner Minshew this week? You guys didn't mention him against a really bad Houston defense. We we mentioned him, guys. We just mentioned him. That's right. Uh, I also I have one more that I'm going to talk about, uh, and it's Kirk Cousins. So Seattle, this game has a 57 and a half point over under. The Vikings are seven point underdogs, but that still gives them a better than 25 point implied team total, right? Cousins right now, so like I said earlier, the Vikings have only attempted 100 passes this year. The good news, if there's any good news, the good news is that Kirk Cousins leads the NFL in 15-plus air yard throw rate. So he's, he's, he's leading the NFL in deep ball rate. Wow, uh, that's a great stat. And the other thing that I think is really important is Minnesota's targeting their wide receivers at a higher than average rate. And Seattle mm. has allowed 500 more receiving yards to wide receivers than any other team in football so far. Yeah, it really, it's like breathtaking to see, to compare wide receiver production and opportunity against yeah. Seattle to any other team. It's it's crazy. So I would expect a good game for Justin Jefferson, for Adam Thielen, um, and hopefully this game ends up shooting out. So I, I think Cousins is at least a safe play, you know, like a 15-point play. But I would I would still say that Teddy has has a better ceiling than him. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm stacking this game until my fingers bleed uh, in yeah. DFS this week. Uh, uh, so, all right, Denny, let's go to the tight end position. Why don't you kick things off? All right, we're back on the Drew Sample bandwagon. So hold on to your butts. Uh, this game has a uh, – so it's uh, Bengals against the Ravens, just so you know. Uh, this game has a 51-point over-under. The, the Bengals are massive underdogs <laughs> with a, an 18.75-point implied total. Uh, the peripherals are pretty good on on sample through two starts. So sample he's he's run the tenth most pass routes among tight ends over the past two weeks, uh, but he's only been targeted on ten percent of those routes, which is not the best rate as far as you know usage goes. 
Uh, he got five targets last week against the, the Jaguars. Tight ends are seeing a 20% target share against Baltimore this season. Um, in week one, uh, Brown's tight end saw eight targets against Baltimore. Uh, our boy uh, Jordan Aikens saw seven targets against Baltimore in week two. Uh, and then Kelsey and Kaiser for Kansas City combined for nine targets in week three. We will not talk about Logan Thomas uh, in week four, I, although he did see seven. He's, he saw seven targets. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think you can pencil in true sample for like six or seven targets. And really, what else can you ask for? from a desperation waiver wire play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, another desperation tight end play. Now cover your ears, everyone. <laughs> Chris Herndon, the eighth. Oh, dear God. So look, he's still running a good number of routes. He still has almost a 15% target share this season. Uh, you've got the narrative out there that Joe Flacco throws to his tight ends, if that's still a narrative. Remember, remember Dennis Pitta, Denny? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a long time since I've thought of Dennis Pitta. But yes, you, I do, you've got, re- do remember. Yeah, you've got an Arizona team that's been better against the position this year than they were last year, but they're still below average and adjusted points allowed to the tight end position. You know, I, I think that the quarterback change might be a good thing for Chris Herndon because, you know, Darnold hasn't really been clicking with him. Uh, and and, and maybe, maybe this helps in some way. Um, do I feel confident about it? No, not at all. Not even remotely. Um, but if you're starting nothing, Chris Herndon's better than nothing. We can say that for sure. I, I think that that's a fact. Yeah, I think. If you're, if the, if you're faced with the decision of going between an empty roster spot at tight end and plugging in Chris Herndon, we, we have to lean Chris Herndon. Yeah, I would lean, I would lean Herndon. Yeah. But just barely. I mean, because if he catches and, f- catches and fumbles, he gets minus one. You know what? I, I think that, yeah, I, I would go Herndon. I'd go Herndon. <laughs> we'll see. If, if you all agree, disagree, let us know if you would just go with the empty. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my turn. Ian Thomas. We're doing Ian Thomas again, even though I think two weeks ago we said we're done. We're done with Ian Thomas. Yeah. But we're not. Uh, so he ran 25 pass routes last week. Uh, he saw, uh, I think, five targets. I lost him in my notes here. Scored a touchdown. Scored a touchdown. Um, you know, he wasn't being targeted at all, really, uh, you know, before before that. But he's still playing ahead of Chris Manhurts, one of the highest T names in the in the NFL. Uh, you know, Manhurts is still the primary blocking tight end and 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 Ian Thomas is running the routes and, and getting some targets. Uh, you know, the the Falcons, as we saw with uh, you know, Baby Kittle this week, is they're a great uh, tight end matchup. Uh, a tight ends average 9.75 targets per game uh, against against the Falcons uh, in, you know, the Seahawks tight ends in week one combined for seven catches uh, against the, the Falcons. Dallas tight ends caught 11 of 13 targets for 122 yards in week two. Jimmy Graham went ballistic against the Falcons in, in week three. And then, uh, of course, there was uh, Tanyan's blow up on, on Monday night. Uh the Carolina offense is not really designed to force feed Ian Thomas, so we're not going to see anything like that. Uh, but in a game that should be high scoring, I, I think his chances for a touchdown are as good as anybody. You know, you could get off the waiver wire in in week five. Yeah, I think that my favorite streamer though this week though 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 Denny though is though is Eric Ebron. Mm, By back. the way, I I have a hard time in my because I'm a very conversational writer. 
and I I when I edit and relook at what I wrote, I use the word though a lot because I I love to write in a way where I'm saying this is happening, but mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so I use though a lot, and so I have to remove it a lot in my writing. No, I I'm with you. I I kind of do the same the same deal because I mean you know fantasy writing should be conversational. So yeah, yeah. right, right, exactly. Uh, so Eric Ebron, I talked about Eric Ebron last week, uh, but obviously that game was was pushed back because of all the the Tennessee Titan COVID stuff. Um, but he's seen it, his target share rise in the in every game this year. He went from a six percent share to a twelve percent share to a twenty percent share. Facing an Eagles the team this week uh, that were just completely torched by George Kittle last week. I mean, that's obviously George Kittle. That's not Eric Ebron, but they were they were torched. But they also gave up a tight end seven performance to Logan Thomas and a tight that that big Tyler Higby performance also came against this Philadelphia Eagles team. So I, I'm kind of into Ebron. I think that he's a decent play this week. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think they've given up more tight end touchdowns than anybody in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, Kittle and my uh, Scott Fishbowl team, uh, Kittle scored fifty-one points for me this week. I, I was, I, I, it, it converted me. You know, I, I hate the tight end position. Now I love the tight end position. Just, just, sure. for, just, just for one week though. Yeah. All right. I have one more here. I have Jordan Akins, uh, the aforementioned yeah. Akins, fr- fr- friend of the show, friend of the show at, at this point. Hey, Jordan. Thanks yeah. for listening. Uh, takes on the Jaguars. Uh, so Darren Fells ran more routes than Aikens last week, and and that may be a little bit concerning. But I think we have to remember that Aikens took a vicious shot to the head from that Viking safety who's always trying to give people the brain damage. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, and I think that I think Aikens missed some snaps because of that, but then continued to play at some point. Uh, still, Aikens is averaging 27 routes per game. Uh, 27% of receiving yards against Jacksonville this season uh, has gone to the tight end. That's the third highest rate uh, in, in the league. You know, I, I if you have Aikens and a few other guys are available on the waiver wire, I think I might just stick with Aikens. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's he's fine enough. He's been at least producing, right? That's... Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's still kind of sharing the pass route running role with Fells, which is not my favorite thing. Uh, but this game has a chance to, I think, to go over whatever it is, 54? Is it is it set of 54 or something like that? Something like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I like I like the chances of that. And and we always want tight ends and high-scoring games, the process, the process, the process. Were you, were you when you were talking about, are you talking about Harrison Smith with the, the Viking safety? Uh, maybe. I think so, yes. Okay. It was awful. I don't know if you saw it. God. I haven't rewatched every game yet. Uh, well, I, yeah, I don't. I've never watched it. I just I was looking at the stat sheet and I saw that. Uh, uh, all right. So to recap: Jordan Akins, Eric Ebron, Drew Sample, Chris Herndon, Ian Thomas, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Justin Herbert, and then the Arizona defense, Houston defense, and Dallas defense. So Denny, we got we got questions thrown our way this week, but I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, a lot of them were sort of uh similarly phrased a lot of them were about like mike davis and and okay. him, him being part of your thruple uh so we can only talk about that so much right so if you guys see someone asking a similar question then we can't get to your question too because it's too too similar by the way someone was grossed out by the thruple talk really? uh, a couple weeks ago I, I i forget if it was on patreon or if it was on twitter but someone was like that is disgusting a thruple with with Denny and his wife and Mike Davis, I was like, 
dude, you know, it's we're joking, right? I mean, yeah, like, like Mike Davis does not actually live with Denny. Also, don't be judgmental. I mean, some people are yeah, into like, it. Let, let people do whatever they want. Uh, next, or sorry, next question. First question is from at mana underscore dork. Is it, is it just me or does the name Braxton Berrios sound more like a starting second baseman for the Boston Red Sox than an NFL wide receiver? Man, that, that's spot on. That is, it's so spot on, right? Like he took over for Dustin Pedroia, right? Yeah. Like he's just, he's just now the, the starting second baseman for the Red Sox. Right, right. Oh God. Remember how, how dirty Pedroia always was? Uh, Oh yeah. uh, All the time. I mean, just take a shower, man. Jeez. (laughs) I, and, and those stupid baggy pants. I, his aesthetic, Dustin Pedroia's aesthetic was the worst, not just in baseball history. In all of sports history, just who, hideous. Who in baseball was the best? Uh, you mean aesthetically? Yeah. Uh, you know who Je- I always loved? Jeter. Uh, no, 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 no Yankees. I can't talk about Yankees. I ha- I have a decent one. I think. Go ahead though. Yeah. Well, um, I always loved Ricky Henderson's aesthetic. Oh, Ricky Henderson's good. I was gonna go with Nomar Garcia Para. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he always he always had it together, and then he had his his little thing that he did in the batter's box before every at bat. I I would also say uh, for some reason Jay Buhner. <laughs> Jay Buhner. Uh, I he he wore those big Oakley shades. Oh like, yeah. Like, but pretty much no matter what, like it could be like raining, and he had them on, and I, I felt like he was like the destroyer of worlds coming up to bat uh, every time. And I I his stance, I, I I tried to emulate his stance in wiffle ball. It didn't didn't work out. I bet you that Jay Buhner is pretty anti-mask, though. Oh, no. Jay Buhner is definitely part of a militia or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and, so. and, and yeah, <laughs> I'm just talking aesthetically in the 90s. I was I was into it. But and and then on the same team, Ken Griffey Jr. was the cool, coolest. Looking oh, guy, yeah. OK. OK. Ken, yeah. yeah, you're right. So I said it. Why did we not say Ken Griffey yeah, Jr. first? It, he, it, he wins. He wins this conversation. Yeah, it was it was Griffey. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely Griffey. Uh, next question at number one. Number one, Punna. Is there nothing more annoying than people sharing their dreams blow by blow with you? Dude at work does this every day and it drives me insane. And then in parentheses, my wife also does this, but don't tell her I ask this question. Oh my God, man. I I think, I I think that this is a fair question to ask and I am totally in agreement with Jason. Unless, unless it's like a really bizarre and you know, not every single day type of thing. Okay, I do have a question though. Is he talking about like actual dreams that you have at night, or like dreams for your life? <laughs> <I'm> assuming... <laughs> there's this guy who just aspires to be so many different things, no. and he talks about it every single day. I've known, yeah, no, I've known people in in offices who constantly talk about you know their aspirations and whatever. But I, but okay, so I, I, I think about... I I think it's I think it's dreaming at night. Yes. Okay, so if you my my take would be. That if you need to share, if someone needs to share their dream at lunch or whatever in an office, uh, you need to have some sort of concept or thought about what it means. And because that's it, that could be interesting. I feel like everyone has gone through a phase in their life where they were really into dream interpretation. Yeah, I'm I'm still in that phase. In that phase. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, there we go. Yeah. Look, I I went through it. I maybe when I was like 18, maybe when I like first got to college, but. I loved like, cause I dream every single night. I don't know about you, Denny, but I, I have dreams. Yeah. I have dreams every single night and I love to see what they mean whenever I would wake up in the morning. Now I just kind of generally just assume that, that my brain's messed up and you know, <laughs> I, I, I just think the worst and, and this is the apocalypse, but uh, I, it's, it's very interesting to see, you know, what some of these things mean. And it's a really interesting uh, 
to see how common certain themes are in dreams. Yeah, like the college dream where you can't the find your class or you, or you haven't studied. I, I go back to elementary school sometimes in my dreams. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm actually, I'm my, I'm my current age in my elementary school. Yeah, exactly. That's ex- it's it's like Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's uh, really really weird. Can I tell you a a, a COVID a dream that I had recently? Sure. Yeah. While we're sharing dreams here, uh, I had to cross a sea of people uh, on a busy road. Okay, so the road had no cars. It was just uh, lines of people rushing back and forth, and I had to cross it to get to the other side. And I waited for a gap, and I and I booked it, and I ran as fast as I could, but I didn't get through the gap in time, and I was kind of swept swept under by the crowd and i found myself trying to get up having people breathing into my face the entire time coughing sneezing and i finally crawled out and then i woke up and i was like wow that's it i've never i've never had to think less about what a dream means than than that wow wow that's intense intense uh this next question is from at charles underscore sword uh leaves like the things that fall from trees burn them Jump into a pile of them. It says EM, by the way. That's why I'm saying it like that. Do do whatever the scary HOA lady says or comes after my wife. Uh, my wife, like, left me. Leave. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if you are if you have kids, maybe have them jump in. Although, if they're wet leaves, then it's disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. I, I live in a newer neighborhood, so it's I, I don't have m- many trees around us yet that are like big enough and, and whatnot that we have to deal with it yet. Um, but the, the older parts of the neighborhood do. I, I don't know if I'm like a big fan of leaves. Uh, I think they can look nice for like a few minutes. <laughs> it's kind of the way it's kind of the way that I've grown to not really care for snow. Oh yeah, don't like snow. Don't like you know? Like I, I like snow for like I do feel a little bit bad that Avery's gonna grow up in a place that doesn't get snow very often, and I grew up in a place where you know we would mm-hmm. you know walk fifteen miles in the snow before you know <laughs> getting to school in April. But, yeah, in April. But uh, snow sucks. Like snow is not good. God. People who say I like snow and I like going out, like the slushiness yeah. after a bad snowstorm and stuff, and like it just sits there for weeks. Like get out of here. I'm man. so glad. We are in agreement because it's very hard to argue with someone who loves snow. So hard. You, you know, cannot argue with someone who's pro snow. Right. Because because you you are offending their very being, you know, right. like like you are insulting like who they are as a person, because first and foremost, they are a lover of snow, you know, right. uh, and I don't get it. I don't get it. I, it it's it's ugly. It's OK. It can look nice for for a bit. And then it looks hideous because it's like blackened with dog piss all over the place. I mean, the, and, and, and the, the work to shovel it. Ah, God, get out of here with snow. Thankfully, uh, our climate catastrophe means that we don't get snow here anymore. So, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, next question is from at CD Cartier 13. When I'm sharing a wall street journal article on Facebook in order to own the libs, which is the most milk toast, which is the most milk toast comment I can add. Okay. Number one, huh? Makes you think. Yeah. Number two, can I play devil's advocate for a sec? Oh. Number three, here, here's an angle that you might not be seeing. Number four, some interesting points. Thoughts? That, I, those are all great. I think number four is good, but I, I would say don't even add thoughts at the end. Just say some interesting points and then put the article out there. Man, yes, yes, that that is that is perfect. Also, you know, the devil's advocate thing, uh, the devil doesn't need an advocate. So you can just throw that, that one away. 
but yeah, that's I would true. go with the. I would go with the the, the last one. That, I yeah. mean, that that's so vague and milk toast. It makes me want to punch myself in the face. Yeah, just s- some interesting points. Not even not even asking for a conversation. Just posting it. And oh being God, I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's like, and then it's like a, a fifteen thousand word article. Yeah. It's like, or, or it's like, or it's like some like like doctor study that they did on like you know they did yeah. some some crazy study and they figured out what X Y Z does and it's just like you can't consume it easily at all just say some interesting points yeah it's uh you're linking to the history of debt in western europe (laughs) yes some interesting points (laughs) this next one's at ff underscore ceo when you eat candy corn does it show up in your poop the next day too does it help if does it does it help to swallow them whole um i i would not do that Uh, i mean it might be a better experience to just get get it over with and actually eat the freaking thing yeah, I mean, I pretend like I'm an advocate for candy corn, but I, I don't like any candy, really, except for some chocolate stuff. So so, I, so here's the thing. Candy corn, we've said it before on the show, I think. Candy corn is a five five to ten max, ten max candy corn pieces. If you go oh. and, you're like, and you're like sitting, I, I would never, like, I can't go more than like five. But if you go and you, cause I, look, I, I think that one, two or three, that's tolerable. Like if you just have one, whatever, it's not a big deal. But if you're like, trying to like snack on something number one don't snack on candy that's a bad idea that's just pure sugar but number two uh snacking on candy corn would would destroy me just destroy my body for about three weeks <laughs> right right no no it's it's awful i mean it tastes like you're chewing a candle you know yeah, the, if the waxiness no uh this next question is from at i've got a floor better rest of season outlook joshua kelly damian harris or chase edmonds uh, oh, Kelly. Yeah, I'd say Kelly. I'd go Kelly Edmonds Harris. I think I think Edmonds is a good buy right now, though. Oh, uh, I want Harris to be a thing so bad. Next question at Topher thinks being analysts, you're inundated with information at all times. How do you avoid quote analysis paralysis so you're not taking in too much information that makes you second guess your thoughts and process? It's a great question, and so, sometimes I I don't think about how that might affect me, you know, especially when you're talking about like Sunday morning information. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, so suddenly kind of changes the way you're thinking about it, a certain game, a certain game script, a certain player, whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean that, that happens. I think, you know, just trying to, for me, just trying to pay attention to the things that matter for fantasy purposes is how you can stay on track. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel you. I think the one thing too is, you know, for us as analysts, or at least the way that I go about it is number one, I don't have time to really consume anyone else's like content. So the takes that I have are literally just coming from what I'm studying. Right. So I have that advantage of like not being influenced by what other people are saying too. So I have no idea, you know, like last week on my podcast, I talked about Isaiah Ford, for instance, as a deep, deep, deep sleeper at wide receiver. Okay. And, you know, here's the reasons, you know, Seattle sucks against slot receivers. He should play more in the slot this week and more 11 personnel because they should be trailing. And, you know, these are the reasons that Isaiah Ford is a deep sleeper. I have zero clue, zero idea. I still don't have any idea if anyone else on any other podcast was talking about Isaiah Isaiah Ford. I have no idea. I'm sure they were, but I I don't consume that stuff. So I don't know. That's amazing. I think you are very unique in that in that regard. Really? I think I think other other people are just eating up every morsel of information that they can and trying to confirm a confirm their priors 
but then also, you know, conf confirm that they're that they that they're correct on, you know, that week's take or or whatever. Anyway, I, I think that you are very unique. Yeah. Well, I'll say this though too. Once Friday hits, then I'll have conversations with people that you know, like we have a DM thread with with Reeves with Rich Rebar. And we're talking about DFS and, and season long and plays that we like and all that kind of stuff. So at that point in time, you know, I've done all my studying, done my research and I have takes. And will I be uh, influenced by someone like Rich? Yeah, because Rich is really good at what he does. Of course I'm going to be. But I, I limit that exposure is my point. So I, I think one thing that I'm noticing now that I am, you know, full time in the in the industry uh, is that people are not well served uh, by most content, most fantasy analysis being produced on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, so much changes with practice reports, with with other tidbits you're getting from beat writers and 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 teams and coaches. That you know, by Friday, uh, I think you have a much more well-rounded look at how the week is going or might unfold, rather than doing that on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. At least for me. For me, my my thought, I, I'm much more confident in putting together lineups on Friday and Saturday yeah. than I am on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you should be doing that, whether it's lineup building or whether it's kind of seeing how your season-long lineups are going to look. Uh, you should be doing that just to kind of get a grasp on what this slate looks like, as opposed to, this is absolutely who I'm going to play. Right. Um. So... But, but yeah, I mean, when people ask me a start sit question on Tuesday morning, I don't answer them. Oh, like, like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm not going to, I haven't done any, any research for that week. Why would I answer this question right now? Yeah. So that's, don't ask on Sunday at, you know, 1259 PM on the East coast. The only legitimate, uh, <laughs> only, only legitimate coast, coast, Benny, yeah. not even time. Zone. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you ask me then, then I'm probably not gonna be able to answer either because it's too too uh, short of time until the games start. But, uh, you know, if you ask in that like Thursday to Saturday range, you're going to get the most optimal answer more than likely. And then you see line adjustments that are hitting on Friday and Saturday uh, that, again, just give you a better idea of, of how games might unfold. And uh, so that, that information is only available late in the week. Yeah. Uh, so we have two more questions. One of them, though, we already talked about with a Babytron nickname, so we're not going to get to that one. The last one we're going to go with uh, R.S. Romanowski. Uh, what will stop first, J.J. drinking smoothies or Denny mentioning that he works for Roto World? Denny, I have an announcement to make. Okay. I I have not been drinking smoothies, Holy. but it's it's not by choice. I have I don't I don't care if people know about this, but I have a a reflux issue going on with my body, mm. uh, acid reflux, and it's a but it's a throat thing related to my throat. It's called LPR. You guys can Google it. A lot of people have it. It's not like it's an uncommon thing. But what I've been doing, what I've forced myself to do, is over the last month or so go on this like very low acid diet. I'm just a very unlucky person with the way that my body is structured. It's nothing that I did or nothing that people do. But uh, I've been on this low acid diet and I can't, as a result of that, the fruits that I put in my smoothies, I can't do that every day now. Hmm. Well, yeah, it, it stopped. Denny, uh, uh, an illness had to stop me from doing that. I told you it was a phase and, and you just didn't listen. <laughs> also, it sounded like for a minute, it sounded like you were saying this low ass diet <laughs> it is i mean it's a it's it's an awful you know you want to know what i eat daily yeah. what my okay so i have oatmeal in the morning okay 
I have a lot of oatmeal though in the morning. So it's a lot of, a lot of oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Oatmeal in the morning. I don't drink alcohol and I don't, and I know that I'm talking about in the morning. It's not like I've ever <laughs> drank alcohol in the morning. I don't have any caffeine. I haven't had caffeine in a month and a half. So, so because so much it, healthier for it because it triggers symptoms. Um, I can go into detail about what this whole thing is, but you guys can just Google it if you want to. Um, I don't have caffeine. And then for lunch, I have, I can eat like, uh, for like snacks and stuff, I can eat like pretzels and like wheat thins and stuff like that. It doesn't give me my symptoms. But uh, for lunch, I have a turkey sandwich with no, I haven't had dairy either. So no cheese or anything. And I just put this like homemade pesto on it that has like avocado in it. Nice. And uh, some fruit, some melon. I can only eat like melon right now. And then for dinner, it's a combination of like beans and rice with some like, like, whatever I'll, I'll have like a white uh, egg whites with like spinach in there and like i'm eating so healthy right now i've yeah. lost like 10 pounds since doing I, this i was gonna say it's not a low ass diet it's a little ass diet because you're it's, gonna, it's you're, wild yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be tiny by the time yeah it, it's absolutely wild uh and it's it, like like i i wish that i had to like i wish that i had number one like absolutely had to lose weight or something and, and this was forced upon me but i didn't necessarily have to but like I can see, you know, you know, whenever you like want to go on a diet or you want to lose weight or you want to eat better or something like that, it's very easy to just be like, oh, this, I'll have this one like bite mm-hmm. of ice cream or I'll do like this one and because it, it won't like affect you. It doesn't matter. But for me, I literally get like, I get throat symptoms where mm-hmm. I have what, what they call like a globus se- sensation where it feels like you have something stuck in your throat. <sighs> and so I can't do those things. Like I, I physically cannot do it because something will happen if I eat those things. Right. Um, and so I'm letting it, you know what? I think it's good to get it out there so that if people are feeling any sort of any, any of these symptoms, you can talk to me. I know so much about this now that you can talk to me. I can tell you how to, how to fix it a little bit. You know, I I'm, I'm getting there. It takes like six months to heal for a lot of people. I had it two years ago and it takes a little bit while to heal, but you're, I'm essentially healing my esophagus. That's what's going on right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, my thoughts are with you not being able to drink, but uh, I know you're you're doing at okay. least at least this is happening during football season. Honestly, I would rather it's not that hard for me to not drink. It's a lot harder for me. I mean, I gave up coffee a few years ago, and this was the reason for it. Uh, and it was messing with my stomach a little bit, but I gave up coffee already. So I was already like modifying my diet a little bit to make sure. But then I had a with the, it was just like a relapse of it because I was eating like an idiot and drinking and stuff like that while while uh, everything was just going to hell around us, right? <laughs> right. right. Uh, but the, the, the um, I don't even know where my, but oh yeah, the, the, the drinking thing is really not that difficult for me, especially because it's football season and I'm working all the time and we're getting all this done. It's a lot harder to not have even my, my caffeinated tea to, to do <laughs> things. But I, I feel it's, it's sort of like this, and I'm not trying to like, like stand on a pedestal mm-hmm. saying this, but it is kind of refreshing to know and to live without that drug, without caffeine. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's sort of refreshing to be able to like wake up at seven in the morning and go to bed at midnight and I don't need caffeine. It's fine. I think it's, I think it's great. And I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. And, and listen, while, while you're not drinking alcohol, I will compensate for you. I, I Thank just, you. I'm, I want everyone to, everyone tonight, yeah. take a shot on my behalf. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be there for you and I'm going to drink all the beer that you, that you're not drinking. Yes. Yes. But I, look, I wanted to, I, I thought this question would be a good time for me to bring this up because it's one of the most underdiagnosed things on the planet. Okay. Uh, the, 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 the doctor who 
found this years ago. Uh, she's hypothesized that because you can get some like respiratory issues with it because acid ends up going into your lungs. And mm-hmm. I get that at time, not not like the way that other people do. But um, she's hypothesized and it makes sense that uh, people with asthma actually don't have asthma and they have acid reflux. Oh, my God. Really? And and if you do that, so the, the, the way that you can tell, a very quick way that you can tell, and this is me not being a doctor, but I've, again, I've researched this a lot because this happens to me. If you can't get that like satisfying deep breath, which will happen to me at times, you know, like if you're yawning or something like that, and you can't get like the satisfaction and you're, you're not like, like gasping for air per se. Some people do, but it's the deep breath in that's reflux related and it's the deep breath out that's asthma related. Really? Okay. Yeah. So if this is helping anyone, I hope it's helping even one person. But um, yeah, apparently like this is something that's really, really uh, underdiagnosed, misdiagnosed. You know, a lot of people will go on medicine for it, even though the medicine doesn't really help it that much and it can do more long-term damage and yada, yada, yada. But I've now just kind of transformed myself to be a healthier me and to get over it. You, you know what this means, don't you? What's that? This means that you're going to have to open the DMs because people are going to want to know. It's true. You know what? I will. I will. uh, If you want to if you want to at me and just at me with uh, with like, I want to talk to you about this or something. Uh Actually, no, people can just email me. Just email me JJ at JJ at number because I don't want to open my DMs. I I wanted you. God, I was trying to pressure you. I really I I, there's like support groups out there with like thousands. Like I joined a Facebook one. Okay, and there because you just want to see like what other people are going through and like symptoms wise and all that kind of stuff i joined a facebook one people are posting on there every two hours like it's so it's such a common thing and no one knows about it really or talks about it because everyone just is like oh acid reflux is only heartburn related i don't get heartburn i, I don't get it at all it's it's more of a, a an air they call it airway reflux right thing. and so and it's not anything that you did it's just the way that your body was developed and morphed and and whatnot. So if you guys have any questions and want to talk about it or whatever, JJ at numberfire.com, hit me up. I will, uh, I'll, I'll chat with you about it. Maybe some of you guys have LPR. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Denny, that's going to do it for today's show. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Oh, I can tell you what we're not getting. We're not getting a milkshake, by the way. Yeah, I can't, I can't do milkshakes, guys. Can't do, maybe, maybe in about four months, but not right now. We're going to go get a glass of water. Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me at, uh, at Twitter at cd carter on twitter not even that oh my god i'm rattled at cd carter 13 <laughs> on twitter uh you can find my work at roto world and become a patron and get all the streaming plays i'm on twitter at late round qb uh my other podcast the late round podcast can be find found 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 denny it's found <laughs> Jeez. anywhere podcasts can be found uh you have a tilt montage this week yes it's a monday night special Nice. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. It's 11, 11 p.m. on Monday night in the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern time zone. This is a late night tilt montage. Uh, Not quite as sexual as I meant it to be, but I decided to record a little bit here because... uh, I have something going. I have, some, I have a little something going in single game DFS tonight. And it's because of Robert G. Tanyan Third, who has amazingly three touchdowns tonight. 
And I want to thank JJ for adding Robert Tanyan uh, to the uh, streaming plays. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I'm watching the game trying to tilt. Uh, anyway, JJ added Tanyan to the streaming plays for this week on the Patreon page. Uh, I'm very grateful. Here's the thing, though. I spent, oh, God, an hour or so pouring over uh, snap data and route data for the Packers, trying to figure out who among the lower-priced players for Monday night might be a viable stack with Rodgers. Because, see, at the time, I was basing you know all of this on Devontae Adams playing, but he didn't play. He's salty about it. He's tweeting. He's deleting tweets, whatever. And Tanyan jumped out, and, and mostly it was matchup-based. I mean, Atlanta has been getting killed by tight ends. I, I, you know, sheepishly, I will admit, I did not know that. I didn't know just how many receptions, touchdowns, yard, yards, everything, targets, they were giving up to the tight end position. Uh, and so I, I, I wrote them up in my 4 for 4 column. JJ added them. And because of that, I have something going. Here's what I here's what I need to happen. I need the Falcons to fucking just do something, just something. You know, I mean, not, not a lot, but something would be nice. You know, I, I feel like that meme of the of the kid sitting there with a stick, poking something on the ground, saying, "Do something, do do something." Matt Ryan, do something. Complete a pass to Calvin Ridley, preferably. You know, just maybe like two. Do something. I'm, uh, I'm tilting. All right, we're doing a, a live tilt right now. Falcons are at the four-yard line, at the Packers' four-yard line. Uh, Brian Hill's in the backfield. Matt Ryan takes the snap. He drops back. No, he hands it to Brian Hill somehow, and Hill's down to the three. I I have to commend the Falcons. You know, they're they are establishing uh down by 18 points with 13 minutes to go in the ball game. Uh they will not be denied. They will establish and establish hard. Uh Calvin Ridley, I believe does not have a catch. Um you know, I guess he's banged up. Um I've never been more tilted over anything. All right, Gurley, Gurley's in now. Uh, second and goal from the three. Ryan takes a snap and shotgun. Hands it, oh, God dang it. Hands it to Gurley, and Gurley's going to freaking score. God bless America. It's the worst. Thanks, Falcons. I hate it. I'm tilting. It's 11.22 p.m., and I'm just coming to grips right now with the fact that I've never been right on Todd Gurley in DFS. Never. Ever. And, and it's because, you know, Todd Gurley doesn't have big yardage games. He just, you know, scores a bunch of touchdowns because they always, whatever team he's on, gives it to him inside the five-yard line. And he usually has gaping holes to run through. A generational talent for sure in Todd Gurley. Uh, can we talk about for a moment the fact that the Carolina Panthers are a better team without Christian McCaffrey? Is that, are we allowed to say that? Are we allowed to talk about that? 
Because here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They are. Carolina is 100% a better team without Christian McCaffrey. And maybe it's because they've had to get other guys involved and they don't feel obliged to, you know, give McCaffrey the ball 35 times a game. I mean, they weren't doing that to begin the year anyway. So, you know, maybe maybe that's that's off. I'm maybe off base here. But... Mike Davis has over 200 total yards in his two starts with McCaffrey out. Catches in a bunch of passes. Uh, the Panthers are playing really well on, on offense. Teddy Bridgewater had a great day uh, last week, this week. I mean, you know, we talk about running backs don't matter. I should say running back doesn't matter. We don't like to dehumanize on the tilt montage. Uh... And Mike Davis is proving it. I'm sorry. I mean, he's just the latest. You remember when C.J. Anderson uh, literally got off the couch and played for the Rams when Todd Gurley was out late in the year two years ago and C.J. Anderson was the best player in football? Does everybody remember that? I feel like we don't talk about that enough. I feel like we didn't talk about it enough at the time where... You could lose the centerpiece of your offense, replace him with a guy who was recently napping on the couch while watching reruns of Cheers, and nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's the same offense, same team, better team. The Rams were better with C.J. Anderson than they were with uh, Gimpy Todd Gurley at the time. I mean, we, we see it. Like, the data is out there, obviously. Showing running back doesn't matter at all, but... We see it. It's it. Can, it can be anecdotal. It, it definitely can be, and you see it with with Mike Davis. I'm tilting. Uh, before this Monday night game, the Falcons uh, had a Twitter post. The official team uh, Twitter account posted a picture of Matt Ryan wearing white, with the words "repping the white." Is that? Should we be doing that? Should we be posting our white quarterback and say we're re- we're repping the white? Is that we're we're okay with that? I don't know. I don't. I felt a little uncomfortable. I was, you know, just. I mean, I look. I had to look at it twice. Where? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Repping the? Oh, right. White jerseys. Right, 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 right. Well, here's the thing. You know, maybe. Uh, read the read the room. Read read the room a little bit. Um, there there are a lot of ways to say you know we're gonna wear our white jerseys. That's one way to say it actually. And if the Falcons, uh, Twitter you know social media people are listening, I know they are. Maybe that's another way of saying it. Hi everyone, we're wearing our white jerseys tonight against the Packers. That you know that's straightforward. I think people would get it. I I don't know if you have to go with. You know, repping the white. Repping. Repping the white. I keep saying ripping for some reason, but no, repping. You know, I, I just, I think, you know, context is everything. And in the, you know, inflamed racial and social justice media landscape that we have uh, right now, uh, maybe be careful with that. 
I don't know. I'm tilting. Uh, it's 11.28 p.m. Eastern Time, and Aaron Rodgers, I think, has blood all over uh, his helmet. <laughs> all over the right side of his helmet. I, I don't think it could have come off the field. Like, I don't think that he was tackled, and there's something. There's nothing red on the field. And a, a teammate just tried to come get the red stuff off of his Rodgers' helmet. It didn't work. And, and Rodgers just, just took a hit, of course, and I'm sure... Every Packers fan absolutely shat their pants because every time he gets hit, he gets hurt. He seems to be okay. He seems to be okay, which is good. I'm tilting. It's 11.36 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, my chances are pretty much shot unless I get a uh, Ryan to Ridley touchdown here. Ridley's on the field. Uh, I, I actually didn't watch the first half. I assume that Ridley... Uh, limped off the field, didn't come back. But no, no, that was Julio, which killed me in another league. Um, it seems that that Zacchaeus is the number one wide receiver for Atlanta right now, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm I'm fine. I'm cool with it. I'm not upset at all, really. I mean, who didn't see that coming? You know, Zacchaeus. Wasn't Zacchaeus the short guy who climbed up the tree to see Jesus speak? I, I'm trying to remember Sunday school. He was he was a short dude who collected taxes, right? And he was kind of brutal in his tax-collecting ways. Uh, Anti-tax propaganda, of course, in the Bible. Uh, Ridley? Is that... Is that... Nope, it's not Ridley. Yeah. I'm tilting. And Ridley just dropped a touchdown. My life is over, and I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Lakegroundcubing.com. Sure about